Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Please take your seats quickly, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Passing Shots round-by-round catch-up of the US Open. Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to The Passing Shot, your tennis catch-up podcast. It's just Kim here today, I'm flying the flag solo as sadly Joel cannot be with me today but fear not for I'll be giving you all a quick roundup of all the action so far from round one at the US Open out in Flushing Meadows, New York. I've been busy at work but I've been following avidly all the live scores and streaming as much of it as I can. Um, so let's have a look at all the key things that have happened so far. I mean, we've had Serena versus Sharapova. We've had Federer and Osaka coming through, um, not in the comfortablest matches. We've had Kerber and Sitsipas out in the first round. So lots to talk through so far from Flushing Meadows. I mean, let's just begin with that match from last night. Serena Williams, Maria Sharapova. When the draw was released, a lot of people were bigging this up to be a big dramatic match. You know, the rivalry between the two of them, you know, two Grand Slam names. They've had many matches over their careers. Uh, I think we did discuss on the preview podcast that perhaps it wasn't really so much of a rivalry because Sharapova hasn't beaten Serena Williams in 15 years. So it's a bit of a one-sided rivalry, if you want to call it that. And we did see last night that that one-sided nature carried on. Serena thrashed Sharapova 6-1-6-1 in under an hour. She's now won 18 consecutive sets and had 19 consecutive wins over Maria Sharapova. And Sharapova is now going out of the top 100. So I guess questions from that match are really, why did we all big this up to be so much of a thing because was there really only ever one outcome from that match um and as for Sharapova does this really indicate that she's going to be capable of rising back up the rankings you know she's had a lot of problems with her shoulder she really has to manage it so carefully but it just seems that she doesn't have the form to match it even if her shoulder is is well she doesn't seem to have anything to challenge those at the top she's not consistent enough and this match really you know brought it out I mean of course Serena is probably perhaps Sharapova's worst matchup anyway but I think for me I feel like Sharapova is a bit of a lost entity you know going out the top 100 not in the best of health is this kind of the end for her I mean what do you think tweet us your opinions because is there any chance that she'll come back up to like near the top of the game would she even compete for for titles again who knows 
And as for Serena, I think this was a good win to start off her campaign. I think she does bring out the best when she plays Sharapova. I think, you know, for her to lose after having won and dominated the last, you know, 19 of their matches, that would be a really big thing for Serena. So I'm sure she was more than pumped up for this match. But I think it was a good, solid start for her to get her US Open campaign underway. Um, And I was quite pleased, you know, I've actually predicted her to win the tournament. So we'll see how far how far she goes. She plays Katie McNally next, who is an up and coming American player. She's 17, 18 years old. So I'm quite intrigued to see how she's going to do against her. Um, But yeah, another note on Serena, though, which perhaps has not gone down too well with a lot of fans uh, on social media. When Serena was asked about the USTA's decision not to have Carlos Ramos umpiring her matches this tournament, she merely responded with, I don't know who that is, which is a very um, low comment, in, in my opinion, to not even acknowledge uh, Carlos Ramos's existence. That's that's quite something. Um, obviously, last year in the final, there was a lot of bad blood between Serena and Carlos Ramos. And, you know, she's requested not to have him umpiring her matches and is obviously not even giving him the light of day anymore. So that is going to be, I think, a grudge that might last quite a while uh, with Serena. But I'm I'm pretty sure Carlos Ramos is is quite relieved not to have to face her as well. So it works both ways. Um, But yeah, moving on, we also had Roger Federer last night in the night match. He lost the first set, actually. Um, bit, bit surprisingly, but uh, that was to Nagal. A lot of people were getting it mixed up because obviously the spelling of the name and the sound of the name is very similar to Nadal. But no, it was Nagal uh, from India. So I've not really seen anything of, of him before, but he won the first set and everyone was kind of like, oh, Federer, mini scare. What's going on? But, you know, classic Federer. Uh, he bounced back, won it in four sets. It was comfortable in the end. He just looked a bit rusty to start with, but I'm sure that will um, he'll he'll ease off and he will continue. Um, you know, I, I don't see him having any particularly difficult uh, challenges in the next couple of rounds. And he's just got over that first hurdle. And obviously at Wimbledon, he also lost the first set to Lloyd Harris. So everyone was making comparisons to that. So I don't think it's uh, anything for Fed fans to be too worried about. And as for Naomi Osaka today, she had a a three-set ding-dong with uh, Blinkova in her first round. She was 4-1 down in the first set and then won five games in a row to clinch it and come back and drop the second set and then came through in three. So again, still question marks over Naomi Osaka. I mean, I would have question marks over her fitness because she she pulled out or she retired from her last tournament with injury and seemingly isn't feeling very comfortable in in her mindset and on the court at the moment. So how far she's going to go in this tournament, it remains to be seen. But from this first round match, I think, you know, anyone who's going to be playing her should feel quite um, confident at the prospect of potentially beating her and and getting that upset. You know, she's the defending champion. She's the number one seed, but a far from convincing performance today. um, She managed to make it through in three sets. Um, We also had Ash Barty, who dropped a set yesterday as well. So she's the second seed, French Open champion. Uh, She was playing Zarina Diaz and lost the first set. 
but pulled through. So again, you know, these early rounds, these challenges, um, you know, it's not the end of the world to have a three setter if you come through it, you know, can actually be helpful to to have a bit of a battle rather than thrashing your opponents left, right and centre. But yeah, a bit of a mini scare for Ash Barty as well. But perhaps the main the main uh, player that's lost on the women's side so far, uh, we've had Angelique Kerber losing. So she's the 14th seed. She lost to Kristina Mladenovic in three sets. And I think for Kerber, you know, this really is the the icing on the cake of a bad season, if you like. I mean, perhaps icing on the cake isn't the right analogy, but I don't know. It's Her slam performance this year has been abysmal, really. Round four of the Australian Open and then first round, second round and first round at all subsequent slams since then. And you just think, what has gone wrong with her game? I know she split from her coach quite recently, but the results were not going well before that. So she obviously hasn't found a formula to get herself back up, you know, playing well just yet. I'm sure it will come. I have every faith that she will get back to her best because we've seen dips in the past from her and she does seem like a bit of an on-off player. So I'm sure she'll regroup. I think next year she's going to probably aim to just start afresh. Um, but it does seem it does seem like such a, a real nadir in her performance at the moment. And for any Kerber fans out there, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say this is the end of her by any means. I'm sure she'll regroup. You know, she's she's a quality player and that doesn't just disappear overnight. But these results are obviously quite worrying, especially in the slams. It's been very, very disappointing from her this season. And another player, another former Grand Slam champion and former world number one, Garbina Muguruza. So she lost today against Alison Riesk in three sets. Um, and perhaps even even worse than Angelique Kerber, Muguruza hasn't actually won a match since Roland Garros. So that's a really abysmal run of form. And Alison Risk first round, I think, you know, when Muguruza looked at the draw, she probably was thinking, oh, crikey, because... You know, Alison Risk is, for me, one of the biggest battlers and fighters on the women's tour. And, you know, you can never rule her out of, of any match. And, you know, we saw that so much at Wimbledon this year. You know, she's really in her element on a grass court. But, you know, here at the US Open, she um, she showed it again. And it's actually her first match win at the US Open in six years. So I'm sure she was quite delighted as well to have got that, um, you know, on her on her record, uh, you know, first win at her home slam in in six years. So they were the kind of, of key big names that have fallen by the wayside already. You know, Kerber and Muguruza. Um, as for the men's side, we haven't had any dramatic upsets. Uh, I'll go through some of the the men's results uh, in a bit. But you know, as I said, Federer lost the set. Perhaps the most surprising thing of the night. But uh, Djokovic has won through very, very comfortably in his first round match. I, I don't think he probably even broke a sweat in that. So very comfortable for Djokovic. Um, so some of the other women's results of, of interest, actually, we did have some of these as, as kind of maybe potential blockbuster first round matches <laughs> where we did our preview show. Um, however, they did not come out that way. Um, Venus Williams against Zai Sai Zheng, if I'm saying that correctly, I thought, you know, that could be quite, uh, you know, even. Uh, Sai Sai Zheng is inside the top 40. You know, she won the San Jose Premier Tournament this this uh, last month 
But no, she only won one game against Venus Williams. So I'm not sure if that is saying more about Venus's performance or more about Shai Shai Zheng's inability to kind of translate good form into the slams. But um, yeah, she really didn't have a very good uh, a good day of it. And also she didn't even get recognised on court because apparently the big screen actually had a picture of a different Chinese player. So they actually showed a, fit, a picture of uh, Zhang Shui. So I think that's a pretty bad faux pas on behalf of the US Open. Um, I do hope they can rectify that. Um, and make sure that doesn't happen again because it's a bit of a, a bit of an embarrassing mix-up. Uh, but Venus will play Alina Svitolina next, so that has got to be kind of a real, you know, hot match for for the second round that I'm very much looking forward to. We also had Maria Sakari playing Camilla Georgi, and this was another match that, on paper, you know, looks like it would be quite a close affair, could be a, a real feisty three-set, you know, humdinger. But again, Maria Sakari thrashed Camilla Georgi and only lost one game. So didn't turn out the way um, the way we expected, for sure. Um, we actually had some other matches that you would have thought wouldn't have been um, so close, actually ended up that way. So Yulia Gurgis today saved a match point against Vika Lantseva. Um, so she came through that in a last set tiebreak, saving a match point. Uh, Caroline Garcia, she's lost to Ons Yabur in straight sets. Um, we had a really tight first set tiebreak and then Garcia um, lost out in the second. I mean, I know Ons Yabur has been playing, I think, you know, she's kind of come to, to fame a bit in the summer. She did really well at Eastbourne. Um, so she's sort of on my radar now. But yeah, a bit disappointing for Caroline Garcia. She's one of my favourites and... She's really not had a great season, apart from winning the Nottingham title. She's she's had some really disappointing results. So that's another player that fight, kind of needs to find a bit of form and just needs a bit of a resurgence, I think, because yeah, not not great results. So we've had a lot of a lot of matches going on, of course. We've still got Coco Goff to come. Simona Halep is playing as I'm recording this. Um, Sloane Stevens will be on later. So lots of players still in action today. Caroline Wozniacki, I think, has lost the first set to Yafan Wang. Uh, but we've had Kvitova win through. We've had Belinda Bencic win through. Kiki Burtons. Bianca Andreascu has won through. Also Yelena Ostapenko. So all those names have gone through. Um, we've also got Sabalenko as a ranker still to come as well. So still uh, many, many matches to, to come. The difficulty is with the timings, of course, is that for those of us in Europe, we do what we can to keep up to date with it. But unless you're going to become a complete night owl, it's it's very, very difficult to, to keep on top of everything <laughs> with our time zones. Um, but as for the men, we've still got uh, many matches, of course, as well. Today, I guess... The, the big match on everyone's lips was Stefanos Tsitsipas against Andre Rublev. So, you know, you could title this battle of the of the next gen, if you like. Obviously, Tsitsipas is top ten already, and Rublev is 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 not is not near the top ten yet. Um, but this match was quite dramatic. It was four sets. Uh, Rublev came through as the winner. He's been in fairly good form recently. He beat Federer in Cincinnati and yeah he was probably the more consistent player today. Sitsipas was struggling physically and mentally. He was cramping. It was quite difficult to watch 
at times he you know you thought how is he going to carry on because he's just sort of hopping around the court because of the cramp but he um yeah he fought on but towards the end you know I was watching a bit and he was shouting at the umpire he was calling the umpire a weirdo and he got you know a, a violation and it just seemed like he was taking a leaf out of Nick Kyrgios's book to be quite honest with you I don't know if it's because they've been spending some time together on the doubles court lately over the summer but he he seems like Sitsipas you know he seems like his head needs to um needs to regroup he's obviously not in a good place and whether it's the pressure you know he's a top 10 player now people expect things maybe it's that getting to him but I feel like you know he he needs to regroup and kind of get back to where he was at the start of the year when you know he reached the semi-finals of the Australian Open um, I know John McEnroe after the match he kind of claimed that Andre Rublev would be in the top 10 this time next year so that's you know quite a, um, a statement to make but I mean for me I like Andre Rublev I think he's really dynamic he's quite exciting you know he does also get quite fired up um, and you know where well, he was serving it out and sort of threw in a terrible game but then managed to serve it out again so he came through that one um, in in four in the end so that was quite a dramatic match today um, yesterday we had Daniel Medvedev continuing his good form with a very efficient win over Gunas Swaran of India so uh, yeah straight sets win fairly comfortable but you know Medvedev has been the man of the summer you know he's reached three finals one Cincinnati but you do have to question perhaps his fitness. You know, he's played a lot of tennis. You know, is his body is his body going to hold up to it? Is is his body going to last? He was having some treatment on court yesterday. So I think that's probably the biggest question mark um, over him. I mean, we've had a lot of people predicting him to get to the quarterfinals um, in our predictions feature. So we're going to wait and see if, if he'll be able to... to you know, maintain his form and if his body will let him. I mean, I really hope it does because I'd love to see what he can actually do at a slam, you know, whilst he's in this good form. Um, but yeah, we also had my personal prediction for the semi-final, um, Roberto Bautista Agut. Might sound a bit mad to people that I predicted him <laughs> as a semi-finalist, but I just thought, you know, reliable Roberto, he would come through, no one would take any notice of him and he's the 10th seed. He would come through, reach the semi-final for the second slam in a row. But no, not to be. He went and lost to Mikhail Kukushkin in like a classic five-set match today. So I was looking at the live scores thinking, oh dear, what a fool I am to have predicted him. What was I thinking? Um, but yes, we will see. We'll see what Kukushkin goes on to do. I'm sure his um, his dedicated army of fans will be more than pleased with that result. Um, but we also had Fabio Fognini, another seed, falling to Riley Apelka. So home favourite Apelka coming through that one. We had uh, Grigor Dimitrov winning a match. Uh, you know, relief that he doesn't have to face Dan Wawrinka and he beat Andreas Seppi in four sets. So both of those matches, I thought, you know, they could potentially have gone five, but not to be. Uh, talking of Stan Wawrinka, he actually beat uh, Yannick Sinner, who is quite an exciting prospect. He um, qualified as a 17-year-old from Italy. A lot of people are, you know, saying really good things about him. And I think he was the youngest uh, male qualifier in many years at the US Open. 
And for me, I've kind of branded him next, next gen because, you know, he's not in the next gen, but he's in <laughs> the next bunch of, of guys, of younger guys. So perhaps he will be the forerunner of that pack. It remains to be seen. Um, what other results have we had? We've had Sam Query losing to Juan Ignacio Londero. So that was a bit surprising. I thought Query, you know, home, home hope, home support might come through. But Londero's kind of risen up the rankings. He's had a pretty decent year. I think he's had his best year on the tour so far. So perhaps, uh, you know, culminating in, in a good run of form here. We'll see how far he can go. And another really nice victory, actually, for Feliciano Lopez. He beat Taylor Fritz, which I thought was a very good win. And he beat him in four sets. And considering Taylor Fritz has been in really good form this this summer, reaching some finals and winning Eastbourne. Um, so that, for me, was a really good win for Feliciano Lopez. Um, and I thought, yeah, that was a kind of a match that I had my, my eye on shall we say. Um, and just a bit of a sad note, really, Thomas Burdick, he he lost uh, to an 18-year-old Jensen Brooksby in four sets. So a local uh, American guy who was actually playing in kind of like his first tour-level match. And um, yeah, Burdick, you know, he's had a lot of injuries lately. He's been out for a while. He's just kind of coming back. But he even himself has sort of said that playing next year is seeming unrealistic right now I just don't think his fitness is there his form so I, I wonder how how long how much longer he has got uh, on the tour because you know he's been around a while and he's always been a player that I've enjoyed watching and have, has wanted to do well so um, it would be a real shame if if his career does end now but you know we'll see if he can if he can get back back up to to playing to playing well and to feeling good on the court and that's the most important thing at the end of the day so yeah some of our predictions um for our collector set feature which we've mentioned on our social media uh we asked all of you guys out there to let us know what you think uh for the following six players and how far you think they're gonna go this tournament so it was um medvedev kyrgios and zverev and then Andreescu, Kenin, and Sue Shea. We've had quite a lot of responses so far. It's not too late to send us yours. Um, I think all of the predictions are still valid as we speak. None of those players have gone out the tournament. So there's still time to send them in. And we'll mention those more in our next podcast, rounding up the second round, which will be coming out on Thursday. But yeah, play along. There's no particular prize, just a bit of pride and passing shot fame. So, yeah, let us know your thoughts on those players and how far you think they're going to go. But as for the Brits in action, uh, I haven't forgotten about them, just saving them for now. So we had Dan Evans, who won through in four sets over Adrian Manorino. Uh, Dan seemed to be getting a bit annoyed with himself, but, you know, that's not really anything new for Dan Evans. But a win is a win, and you know he recently split from his coach David Felgate, and hasn't perhaps been so eloquent with his his words uh, about David Felgate since splitting. But um, yeah, to win through over Manorino in four sets is a respectable victory, and um, you know he's going to be playing I think Luca Pui in the next round, so that's going to be a very interesting match. I would say it's winnable for Dan, um, but I would say that Pui is is going to win. 
but I think it's it's not beyond reason to for Dan to get that to get that victory. And um, I mean, I'd love to see him his him back up his his good form at Wimbledon and and go deep here as well. And um, we also had Joe Conta winning through in three sets over Daria Kazakina. So that's a pretty tricky matchup. So she came through that. She played really well to begin with and then dropped the second and then came through in the third. Um, and she will now be playing. Uh, let me just have a look. I think Margarita Gasparian, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's going to be another tricky match. But I feel like Joe's in a positive mindset. I'm hoping she can bring bring it, you know, at the slams and uh, you know she's not had a great few tournaments coming into this but i'm hoping she can build on this early victory against a pretty tough opponent and uh, i think most people on twitter were going on about tom hiddleston who was uh, watching in the crowd um watching her match <laughs> so perhaps getting a bit distracted by that uh, but yeah cam norrie he had a bit of a dramatic match yesterday so he lost in a last set tie break which uh wasn't you know great because he did serve for a match twice in the fifth set but um he did you know in in hindsight he did well to take it to a fifth set because Barrere his opponent actually had match points in the fourth set so um you know Cam and was he was two sets down he saved match points in the fourth set had chances you know in the fifth set but it wasn't to be any loss in the fifth set tiebreak so I would hope he can take the positives from that from that tight match uh, rather than focusing on, on what could have been. Um, but we also had Harriet Dart knocked out by fellow qualifier Anna Bogdan. So she lost quite comfortably in straight sets. But again, you know, Anna Bogdan is, is a higher ranked opponent. So it's nothing to be, you know, too ashamed about. And I think Harriet did really well to qualify, you know, for the first time at the US Open. Kyle Edmund, as we speak, is... Currently, I think, in a fifth set with Pablo Andahar. Uh, he's 2-1 up as I'm recording this uh, on serve. So, fingers crossed for a dramatic victory for Carl. Um, yeah, we'll see how he can do with that one. I think, you know, Andahar is definitely, you know, a player that Carl should beat. So, I think it would be quite frustrating for British tennis fans if he wasn't able to get over the finish line on this one. Um and not to mention another British player, not the US Open, but Andy Murray. He is in the Rafa Nadal Open out in Mallorca, challenger level tournament. And yesterday he had a very comfortable win against Imran Sibyl. He only lost one game. Uh, 42 minutes was the length of the match. Um, I put up the the difference between you know Andy and and Sibyl because it was kind of ridiculous when you look at their bios on like the live scores app. You know, Sibyl has only won 150 euros in prize money in his whole career. Like he's 17 years old, completely unranked. And, you know, he's playing Andy Murray. So it was quite funny, um, perhaps not for Sibyl, although I'm sure he relished the opportunity. But yeah, Andy came through. He's playing currently, as we speak, Norbert Gombos, who is 115 in the world. So definitely a step up. And Andy's actually won the first set. So um fingers crossed you know this will be Andy's kind of first win since coming back on the singles court but you know against a kind of I wouldn't say proper opponent but you know what I mean uh, a legitimate opponent perhaps 
Um, but, you know, we had uh, one of our followers on Twitter at Safari Brit sort of saying, you know, I get the need to come back gently. Perhaps this is a little too easy for Andy. You know, is, is a challenger maybe, is it too easy? I, I don't, I think, you know, as the challenger goes on, as the tournament goes on, obviously the opponents will get harder. I think, you know, you don't always get a 17-year-old unranked person in the first round of a challenger. But I totally see that point as well, I think, um, you know, Obviously, the challenges while the US Open is on in the first week, it's not going to be perhaps the strongest field for that challenger uh, compared to other weeks of the year. You know, sometimes the challenges in advance of like Wimbledon can be, you know, full of really, really top players, uh, you know, much stronger fields for a challenger than, than you would maybe normally get. So, you know, it, it just kind of depends. Um, but yeah, definitely see how Andy Murray gets on. Hopefully he can come through this one. Um, I think it would be pretty amazing if he, you know, could win Rafa Nadal Open. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's British uh, British interests um, in action, if you like. We've had, you know, 50-50 so far at the US Open. So uh, we'll see if if Kyle can can make it a, a three wins out of five. Um, and then yeah, we've got tonight. We've got Rafa Nadal against John Millman. We've got. Um, Sloane Stevens still to come. As I mentioned earlier, Coco Goff's going to take to the court soon. Halep's currently a settle with um, Nicole Gibbs, who actually is is playing for the first time since having can cancer treatment. So that's you know another incredible story. Um, I'm sure everyone's very very pleased to see her back on a tennis court. Um, so yeah, Dominic Team is also. Oh, about to go two sets to one down against Thomas Fabiano. So lots still happening um, to round up, you know, through the night as well. Um, but just just to look ahead as well to, to round two, you know, there's already so many matches kind of lined up that are going to be of interest. Um, as I mentioned earlier, Venus Williams, Alina Svitolina, that's going to be, I think, well, I think it's, someone said it's, uh, well, the schedule's been released and it's not on Arthur Ashe, which is very surprising. So, uh a uh, bit shocked by that one, but you know, as that's gonna be a top match. And for me as well, Su Wei Shea against Carolina Mukova, that's 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 jumping out at me because uh I quite like Mukova. She did really well at Wimbledon. I'm quite intrigued to see to see what she can do here. Um and just a couple of other things actually off the US Open uh kind of results. We've had some changes in the WTA player council. So Venus Williams and Victoria Azarenka have been voted out. Um, and brought in to replace them were Sloane Stevens and Madison Keys, alongside Donna Vekic and Alexandra Krunic. So some changes going on there. Um, Joe Conta is still on the council. She's up for re-election next year. But I think, you know, that's a pretty good bunch of ladies on the council, you know, working on behalf of the interests of the players. So, you know, we've spoken at length on the podcast about the ATP Player Council haven't really spoken too much about the WTA Player Council. Um, you know, is that because it, there isn't really so many controversial things going on? You know, they haven't had the whole Gimmelstob thing um, to kind of contend with. So just, you know, it's quite interesting, the changes there. Um, I know Victoria Azarenka has been pretty outspoken, I guess, about, you know, the rights of female players, you know, with her experience. Um coming back after, you know, having a baby and everything. So um, perhaps a bit of a shame that she wasn't voted in again. Um, also, we've had the 
umpire who did the classic Wimbledon final of this year, Damien Steiner, um, he's been sacked from the ATP tour for apparently giving unauthorised interviews to the media. So he was dismissed by the ATP. Um, bit of a, a bit of a surprise, I guess, you know, rules are rules at the end of the day. Um, I don't know, I think some people feel like this might be a bit unfair. You know, he was obviously a good umpire on, on the court. He was given the opportunity to do arguably the greatest match in the tennis calendar, uh, the Wimbledon final, but he's gone. He is not to be. And uh, yeah, giving unauthorised interviews. So there we go. And yeah, Novak Djokovic has come out as well recently and said that he is going to be playing the Davis Cup finals in November. So I think Rafa has already pledged that he'll be playing for Spain. Uh, Novak said, you know, before he wasn't really very happy with everything that's going on, but he said he's going to come out and play for Serbia in the, the new format finals in mid-November at the uh, Caja Magica in Madrid. So, yeah, I, I might try and go to that, actually, myself. I might have a look at the tickets and uh, and give it a try out. Who knows? Is anyone else planning on going? Let us know if, if that was on your list of tournaments for, for this season. Um, but that's pretty much it from me today. We will be back um, in two days' time, rounding up the action from the next two days of the US Open. So I hope you can join join me then I'll be joined with Joel uh, he will be back for the next episode uh, but thank you very much for listening um, don't forget to subscribe to us if you haven't already uh, leave us a, a review it really really helps if you can do that uh, give us a review and a rating and also you know feel free to tweet us your thoughts uh, at passing shot pod um, we love to hear what you all think about what's going on in the world of tennis and we love to engage with everyone so give us a tweet and yeah tell all your friends about us if there's anyone who you know likes their tennis uh, if you've got the tennis on at work and you're having a chat about it let them know about the passing shots and uh, the more listeners and followers we can get to the passing shot community the more the merrier so until next time thank you for listening and goodbye